from round the corner to your street and neighbourhood. This is Pablo for breakfast. It's King of the Nerds back on his throne, Adam Ross. Good morning. Very glad to be sitting atop the throne, Pablo. (laughs) Now, of late, I've fallen in love with F1, and I don't mean the actual sport, but Drive to Survive on Netflix, and I am obsessed with it. But Ferrari, uh, this takes it to a whole new level. It's out at cinemas at the moment. You went the other night. What's it like? And now, look, I I really, really like this film. Um, I've been working my way kind of backwards through director Michael Mann's filmography. And, you know, he's known for very masculine, uh, you know, muscular films. You know, this is the director of Collateral Heat, Miami Vice, Thief, you know. So, yeah, he handles... That, you know, thematically, you know, what man really likes to explore is what is kind of the cost of excellence and, you know, like, and what does it take to be at the absolute top of your game? And, you know, and Enzo Ferrari is one of those uh, characters. So th- this is a great kind of melding of thematic, you know, of character and director. What's kind of fascinating about this movie is, is that it's not, it's not hyper preoccupied with mechanics, right? You know, like recently... We had um, Ford versus Ferrari, Mm -hmm. which really got into the details, you know, like about like, how are we going to construct something here that's going to beat the competition? But this is much, much more of a character piece here, uh, obviously led with Adam Driver in the lead and um, Penelope Cruz here as his wife. And so the film is equally, if not more invested in the dynamics between these two people than it is between the drivers and the cars. Um, I mean, I think the acting here is absolutely top-notch and that there will be some nominations, you know, when award season starts coming. But if you want to see a big theatrical, you know, uh, variation of punching it, this movie delivers because man is such an exceptional technician that when he wants to put you in a certain frame and when he puts you, you know, like behind the wheel here, you know, my movie seat was shaking. And because as well, man is, you know, he's a really kind of faithful filmmaker. Everything here feels deeply authentic. You realise that these guys are going, you know, over 100 mile an hour in a tin can in 1957. These things are not very safe, right? So when things go haywire occasionally, which they do in this film, it has some of the most spectacular crash sequences, harrowing crash sequences I have ever seen committed to film. And so I'm always, you know, I mean, you just said that, you know, you're big on F1 at the moment and stuff like that. I use as a test how uninterested I am in a subject and how much I like the movie. And I still ride a push bike around South Yarra and Paran. So, I, you know, so <laughs> me getting out of this, wanting to get in there and do some, you know, some clutching of some gears, that means that this is a very effective car movie. Well, put a Ferrari on your wish list for Christmas this year. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now on Disney, Indiana 5, the fifth and final installment i'm led to believe but you never know uh has or just dropped it, yeah. yeah or is well, it you know i mean a Gala destiny is a deeply kind of curious film um in the regard that you know we thought that we were kind of done with kingdom of the crystal skull but with a lot of franchises if the last entry doesn't really kind of stick the landing people will come back and give us a bit of a legacy sequel so you know i mean if i had have told you that you know like you know that this week you'd be watching harrison ford playing indiana jones again you know like you'd laugh you know mm-hmm. like i mean i felt I felt like this got, you know, wrapped up with The Last Crusade when I was a kid. And, you know, they keep kind of going. The only thing with Dial of Destiny that I believe is, is that, you know, that this just isn't strong enough support and outing as indie. I think that, you know, if you were to really, like, 
get the chalkboard out and go, you know, who are the best action heroes of all time? You know, you've got your James Bond, you've got, I guess, your Ethan Hunt now, you know, like a Mission Impossible. You know, indie has to be up there. And I this adventure, it, you know, while it's diverting enough, it's just not quite good enough. And I, I have to believe that that's probably because Spielberg is not behind the lens here. This is directed by James Mangold, who gave us Ford versus Ferrari and Logan. And he's a great kind of journeyman director, but... I just don't think that he's kind of got the chops that Spielberg kind of has. You know, there, there's a couple of bright spots here, um, you know, in some beautiful locations and, and a relatively interesting MacGuffin that they're all chasing. But, you know, I guess if you're going to get uh, yeah, Harrison to um, take his arthritic medication and, you know, and get back into this kind of shape, they should have thrown him in the centre of something a little bit better than this, I think. Now, Bradley Cooper is the lead in Maestro, which is a musical romance film, which is out at the cinemas, but then dropping on Netflix, Netflix, I believe, pretty soon as well. Well, like we've seen this happen over the last couple of years that Netflix is vying for awards attention. And so that they are giving kind of long gestating, you know, passion projects for directors, uh, you know, the kind of, you know, the care and the budget that they need. This is a curious kind of film because, you know, I mean, Bradley Cooper now has only directed two features, but he's almost he's established himself as a pretty masterful director, at least in my eyes. Um, this movie is produced by Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese, who were both looking to make it at one stage. Uh, you know, and this tells the, you know, the life story of, of Leonard Bernstein. And so, like, and once again, like my question about <laughs> about the cars, how much, Pablo, do you know about Leonard Bernstein? Zero. Okay. Now, see, this is the thing. <laughs> and look, so did I, right? Like, you know, I mean, maybe the tiniest, you know, like, you know, like kind of intangible bit. And then, but I was gripped by this movie and I loved it. And I felt like I deeply knew who this man was by the end of it. And so I think that now, you know, there are a lot of nods here to the historical, um, you know, figures that are in Lenny's life. And, you know, and the music that he created, but it's more an exploration, you know, kind of of his creativity, of his sexuality, of his duality, um, you know, and I mean, if you've seen the trailer or anything, you know, uh, this is Cooper in pretty extensive makeup. I would almost argue maybe some of the best movie makeup I have ever seen, you know, I mean, he's basically playing a man here everywhere from 20 to 60 and it's flawless, you know, I mean. Cooper really captures the heart of this character. Kerry Mulligan here offers, you know, amazing support. Um, I just, yeah, it's a, it's a gorgeous film. Um, you know, I'm not a movie musical guy, and that's not what this is. You know, Cooper has got a good way of making movies that are, that are about music, but without pulling you out and uh, of the narrative. And so I think that this is definitely another really serious awards contender. Cooper will absolutely get a nomination for acting, if not directing as well. Now, speaking of Netflix, they do a fantastic job whenever I fire it up, recommending stuff that I will love. And I didn't even know that Talk To Me is now available on Netflix because it knows I will never watch it. <laughs> Between me recommending this about four times on this show this year, you know, and Netflix, we're going to get to you eventually. Um, <laughs> uh, I actually was, I was uh, gifted uh, by a very dear friend, uh, my box set yesterday that has got the hand that you can shake. Oh. So I've got this really, I've got this disturbing movie artifact in my lounge room right now. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it, but, um, you know, look, when this dropped on Friday, I checked it out for now. What is the fourth time? Um, and that's how much of a nerd I am. And look, I just think this is such an efficient, excellent debut. Um, you know, I think that it's got great world building, genuinely scary, gets under your skin and makes you think, great allegory. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, a lot of stuff that comes on Netflix can be a little bit 
bargain basement bin, you know, like, you know, a, a bit discounted. But, you know, yeah, if you're looking for, you know, if you want to stay in and have what I think is, you know, a profound theatrical experience, if your telly's big enough, talk to me. It just rips. It's just such a good horror film. That's a no from me, but Adam Roth, we will uh, wrap up everything next year yeah. for the for the final time. We'll chat to you then. Yeah, you, when you get to hell, Pablo, there's going to be one cinema and it just plays Talk To Me on repeat. That's it. You know, that's be it. <laughs> the feel-good start to your day. This is Pablo for breakfast. Triple